The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. And boy, did we have a fun show for you today. Before we get started, let's say hi to everybody, starting off with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell with Astro Boy. Hi. Do you love our dog? Isn't he cute? Look at our Astro Boy. You have to hold him up because he's at your knee oh, level. Astro. <laughs> it's Astro Boy. Look at him. He's so cute. He's five pounds of deliciousness. Except we keep calling him a her and a she because we think he's a tranny. He's a transsexual dog. We think definitely this dog is a tranny. <laughs> so we should have named, nicknamed it Tranny. He's awesome. We love him. I love my little Astro Boy. Look how cute. Let's say hi to everybody oh, yeah, else starting off there. with. Uh, our Mr. Scott from Rock Titan TV, who's in Pennsylvania. What's up, Scott? Hello, gentlemen. How are you today? Very well, thank you. And yourself? I uh, can't complain. Never had a bad day in my life. Oh, there you go. So it's Scott lucky. Johnson, too, by the way. I was like having a brain fart. That's why I said Scott. Uh... Hell, my friends call <laughs> me Scotty J, so it's all Scotty good. Scotty J, that's right. We've been hanging out with like Scott Page all weekend, and so I've got Scott's Scott Page the on the line. Then yeah. we've got in, in W4CY Studios in Wellington, Florida, we've got Danielle. Hello, Danielle. Hello, hello, hello. There you go. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. We have a chat room. People are starting to show up to the chat room. We want to say hi to B. Claudia in Germany, along with her son who's visiting Nick. What's up, Nick? How hey, you doing? Nick, you got a cool mom. You know that? You're lucky. You and got he's a, like super a, talented, a, like artist and clothing designer. He does like all kinds of great stuff. He's like a super talent. Is he gay? I don't think so. I don't clothing know. Clothing designer, artist, probably he's a fruit. No, I don't think so. I bet you he's gay. <laughs> Claudia, is your son gay? You wouldn't mind. Would you care if he was? I no, wonder. She wouldn't care. She Me? wouldn't care, but I've seen pictures, and he's very straight looking. He's well, really so. So, so are you, and you fool people. But you're <laughs> a big flaming faggot. Nobody knows that you're a big sissy girl bottom bitch. Anyway, this butch guy with the beard. And the either way, body. either way, Nick, we want to welcome you to watching Nick, the show. It's okay if you're not gay. We still love you. There you go. Um, we've got great guests today, you guys. We got William Billy McNamara. You guys know him from a zillion '80s and '90s films. He's still working in tons of films today. He's worked with everybody. He's a lot of fun. And uh, from Lady Lake Music. Cindy Lady Lake, where we've got Thomas Claxton, who's a phenomenal musician. Very excited to talk to him. I tweet with him all the time, but I've never actually seen him or talked to him, so I think it's going to be a blast. Look at Ron with the dog. I love this dog so much. I love all our dogs. I just love dogs, period. I love animals. Actually, B says she's not gay, but she wouldn't care if he was because he's her son. She, I didn't think she would. Um, How old is he? He's awesome. He, he's young. He just got out of university not too oh, long ago. Oh, because I would have fixed him up one of my old maid daughters. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you gotta like love it. So we're gonna have a fun show for you guys today. We had a, a very a packed weekend. Oh wait, we gotta say hi to Eileen. She told me she can't get in the chat room. And uh, uh why she's so full of baloney, she could get in. Um I mean everybody gets in her. I don't know why she can't get in the chat room. <laughs> oh, Eileen's saying somebody's hot. I'm not sure. Shoo, shoo. Who's hot? Um Astro Boy. I'm not who she's talking about, actually. Astro Boy, I thought. And Scott, please look for uh, Thomas Claxton, because like, they sent me a picture that looks like he should have accepted. Okay, I will do that. Eileen says, love you, Ron. Love and, you, pussy. I miss you. Um, oh, B's son is hot, she's saying. B's son is really hot. Yeah, well, she likes the young ones. You gotta, like, love it. So Eileen Shapiro was in L.A., you guys, with us this last weekend. We hung out with her on Friday and Saturday. She hung out with her. Billy Hess uh, also was with us, the phenomenal celebrity photographer, BillyHess.com. And we had a great time. We went to the Think Experience, Beyond the Wall, Pink Floyd Experience at the Wisdom in L.A. Friday night and Saturday night. Hung out with all the, like, superstar rockers, met all kinds of cool people, had a really good time, and also spent time going around L.A. You going to say something? I don't feel like talking much today. How come? I don't know. Okay. I just get, I don't, today I don't feel so hot. Okay. I feel like lazy. Okay, well, be I lazy, but you can still lazy. talk. <laughs> no. so, did you say hi to Eileen? I'm not, I'm not, never speaking to Eileen again. <laughs> she left you here. Oh, Billy's in the chat room. What's up, Eileen? Eileen, Eileen pulls this crap. Billy has says, hello, vanilla. Hi, hi, <laughs> hi Billy. <laughs> hi, chocolate. Listen, listen. Eileen, you bitch, if you're listening, you fly here, you tempt me, you torture me, you torment me with your friendship, you hug me, you kiss me, you tell me you love me, and then you get on an airplane and go back to Long Island, New York. <laughs> That's not a friend. A real friend would say, you know what, I miss you, Ron and Jimmy, so much, I'm going to move here. <laughs> yeah. And then you would move to California, and you would enjoy our gorgeous weather all year long. Uh, also, Eileen, you need to try to get in the chat room again because everybody else is getting in. So you should be able to get oh, in. Do it on. however you did it last week. She she knows she how to get she in. knows how to get get it in. Oh, I mean, get in, <laughs> get in. Billy Hess, we had a good time, didn't we, Billy? Funny, funny, funny shit. We don't stop laughing when we get together. Not Jimmy, because he's from Florida. He's just an orange picker. We're New York City, Big Apple folk. And when when when. Uh, Billy and myself and I Eileen get together, nonstop talking, nonstop laughing. Our mouths are so filthy that if you ever heard it, you turn blue. She also said she went into the bathroom with you, the dirty bathroom. Yes, I was gonna go, I was getting to that. She's she's stepping on my lines, that fucking bitch. Where do I get her? <laughs> Listen, Eileen, cool it, can it. I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm mad at you for moving <laughs> for going back to New York and breaking my heart. Every time you come here, you break my heart. Anyway, they wanted to see something wild and different. And I said, you know what? A lot of people toured the toilet in front of the Beverly Hills Hotel where George Michaels got busted for cruising a cop that he didn't know was a cop. So Eileen and I went into the men's room and we took a picture of the latrine, the toilet. So now, who else does things like that but us? <laughs> Billy's outside photographing the whole thing. I'm posing against the wall like I'm cruising. While there's a homeless guy brushing his teeth. <laughs> While there's a homeless guy in the sink brushing his teeth. I mean, these photographs are beyond what you saw in New York in the Bowery years ago. These photographs are really sensational. And, of course, they're taken by Billy Hess, who is the celebrity, number one celebrity, a photographer in New York City. Billy photographs only those who should be photographed. 
anyway, uh, it was a great, great three days seeing my buddies, hanging out, and of course being with Scott Page, who is absolutely one of the the greatest friends I have in my life. Uh, he plays a saxophone really, really well, uh, sexy and, and groovy saxophone. He's a sweet guy, a terrific talent, and he's put together this phenomenal show. You go in, and there are many, many big, gigantic, building-sized tents. One tent had all kinds of photographs and art and things flying around and color. It was brilliant. I can't even describe it. Then you finally get to the main event tent, which is the size of a dome, the, the dome in Rome. I don't know where that, how big. It was big. It's huge. And there are chaise lounge chairs that you lay in, which I liked. Those are the VIP seating. The poor slobs that pay 35 bucks get the folding chairs in the back that collapse. But anyway, just don't move around and they won't collapse. So get a good ticket if you're going to go. Lay on your back like Eileen does all the time and enjoys laying on her back. I like laying on my back with Pink Floyd music looking at the ceiling, what was doing on the ceiling. Gorgeous prints awesome. and psychedelic shit. I mean, you don't even have to get loaded to go and see this show because when you're laying there, you think you're loaded anyway. It was super loved cool. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, they're going to take it all over the country. So when it comes to your town or city, go see it. It's a relaxing evening. The music is fantastic. My favorite was they brought it in the second night. They didn't play it the first night. It was Machine. And then the second night they played Machine. I love Pink Floyd's. I, I forgot the whole title. It's something, something Machine. Anyway, that, we got to meet though all the people. So we oh, met, I, the drummer. We I, met I, Stephen I, Perkins from Jane's Addiction, and we met Kenny Olson from the Twisted Brown Trucker. Kenny uh, is a doll. He didn't Kid Rock's want, Twisted Brown Trucker Band. Kenny didn't Olson, who is probably uh, written up as the most fabulous guitarist of our day. Uh, he's phenomenal. And he, then Norwood Fisher from Fishbone. One more worry. I'm going to poke your eye out well, with my going. mic. Keep going. you got to talk no, faster. I'm hit, I don't speak fast. I'm not like you. I don't come from Orange Picking, Florida. <laughs> I come from New York where we watch our words. Oh, yeah. You watch your words. All I, right. I want to poke. <laughs> punch, I, this mic, I'm going to hit you right in the eye, in the right eye. Give me your right eye <laughs> so I can poke it out with the mic. Come on. Keep going. Who else was there? Your sister's ass was there. How do you like them apples? <laughs> anyway... Uh, Olsen said that he doesn't drop names. I said, well, then get off my mic because you got to drop names. Nobody gives a shit about you and your guitar. They get two minutes about you, then they fall asleep. They want to know names. So he started name dropping in my, uh, in my, uh, what, was it? what do I do? You did an interview. interview. In my interview, which made it fabulous. And I also interviewed Scott Page, and he's a great interview. I mean, you don't even have to ask him a question. He just goes and goes and goes. So all in all, it was a great weekend. I took them on tour of Los Angeles, and I was very upset because L.A. has turned to shit. It's dirty. It's broken. In most parts, uh, nobody speaks English anymore. It's all crappy crowds of people. I took them to the Chinese Grauman Theater. You can't see it because they're caravans of people selling stuff without paying taxes and just junk all over, dirty, crowded, crappy Worse than what New York used to be like years ago when L.A. made fun of New York being dirty. L.A. should only talk now. Then I took him up to the Hiroshima Club, which was a beautiful Japanese restaurant where they filmed Sayonara with Marlon Brando and Miko Taka and Red Buttons in the 50s. 
and now it's turned to garbage also gray it's not bright red anymore the beautiful gardens are gone the waterfalls are gone it was the most elegant beautiful place you thought you were in japan now when i was up there i thought i was like in skids row or something i don't know la has changed the world has changed we've lost our sense of class and beauty no longer is it sophistication people go into the best restaurants dressed like they're going to the beach years ago you had to dress to go to a fine restaurant and you know what it made you feel good because you were dolled up and the food was expensive and good and the service was classy so when you left you felt like something special now you go to a great restaurant dressed like a beach coma and you feel like you just came from in and out so much of that bullshit we went to in and out <laughs> we always go to, i don't eat, i love in and out i stopped eating anything now that's i'm not a vegan but i stopped eating meat i don't want it in my body anymore because it is damaging uh, especially at my age things slow down and you don't want fat cells clogging up your veins Anyway, that's boring. Who gives a shit about fat cells clogging up <laughs> veins? I don't know what else to talk about. What do you want me to talk about? So, uh, no, we're going to call our guest in a minute. So, also, Norwood Fisher from Fishbone was there. Roberta yeah, no, Freeman. And, and Olga. Tita Farah, Yolanda Thomas, and we hung out with David Kendrick, No, and Olga from uh, mm -hmm. Revolution. And the drummer was sensational. Revolution. Yeah, that's David Kendrick. Oh, the drummer uh, for the Eddie. Pink Floyd. Eddie, his name is. Who's Eddie? Isn't the drummer's name Eddie? Which drummer? The little teeny one, the great drummer, the one that was there at Pink Floyd, the one that was really working. Oh, the the Pink Floyd drummer, because yeah. the other guy, David Kendrick, that would know in them is also a drummer. No, 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 the one that was playing the Stephen night. Stephen Perkins. We is that his name? Stephen, Stephen Perkins. Yeah. I thought his name was Eddie. Anyway, Eddie Stephen Perkins was phenomenal. What a drummer! Woo. Yeah, it was freaking awesome. The whole thing was really a lot of fun. We were exhausted from it. We came home. Yes, uh, we came home, uh, rested, and then we had a dinner party for Ron's daughter's birthday. Yeah, that's why I'm exhausted because I had to clean this shit house. You know, you always clean when company comes, and I forgot and I left the doors and windows open, and we had a sandstorm. So now, you know, we live in the desert, so naturally the house was covered in sand. So you have to vacuum and clean and clean and vacuum, and I was exhausted from the weekend. Then Monday I cooked. I made sauce for my ravioli. And I made eggplant parmesan by hand. And then I had to set the table for eight glasses, silverware dishes, a lot of work. Then serve the food, then sing happy birthday, throw a cake at my kid, you know, that kind of shit. That's why I'm tired today, maybe. Of course. Well, you were tired yesterday and today. It's a lot of, we were like running for five days. Mm. So anyway, Went now. Went to the movies last night, saw Dumbo. Oh, we saw Dumbo. I loved it. Yeah, for kids. I, I fell asleep in the middle. I mean, really. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's very lovely. If, I, if my girls were little, I would have taken them and I would have enjoyed it through them. But for myself, no, I, I like something a little more adult. It was it was done very well though the CGI the stars of it everybody was really good it was a kids movie though it's Dumbo so what are you gonna do right it, it wasn't for an adult um, all right so here's what we're gonna do you guys uh, does he look like he's online Scott yep everybody's online all right so let's play the video um, oh wait hang on I'm on the wrong page so you guys our our first guest William Billy McNamara has a TV series that there uh, is coming out it's called The Trouble with Billy. This is the trailer for it. What we're going to do is play the trailer, and while we're playing it, we're going to get him on the line. Um, so how about you guys, after I say, now enjoy the trouble with Billy, you guys click it, and then you call him. How's that? Sounds like a plan. You good, D? D? Yeah, uh, I'm good, I'm good. She went, uh, I, thought, I, I thought she ran off with another No, cop. I have to yeah, unmute, like, three different things in order to, like, talk. So I... Okay. So, sorry. 
That's okay. But you got the message, right? Loud and clear. All right, everybody. So now we're going to play the great trailer from William McNamara's new TV series, The Trouble with Billy. Enjoy. How about you? What's going on? I haven't seen you in uh, fucking forever. Where have you been? Outer space? <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Huh? I got abducted by aliens. Oh. Yeah. This is my friend, Billy Mack. He was a very successful actor years ago. I've been out of the business for a little while. No career. Hey, Billy. I need a place to stay. No agent. I need some guidance and some help. Agent, manager type situation, somebody. Oh, oh geez. No real friends. They're doing this little indie. Broke back mountain in space. Man, I'll take it. Not a pot to piss in. You're telling me that I'm too old and I'm too young for the part? Yep. Anything else I can help you with? Also, his dog is dying. Hey! He was voted the um, best looking actor in the 80s. He, not the 80s, in the 90s. Hey! Oh! I got no career. Right, My dog's in the hospital right Billy, now. Billy, Billy, Billy. got to eat something. I just want you to be successful. Because I don't want to be embarrassed to be seen with you in public anymore. For me, I just can't seem to get out from behind the eight ball. Are you uh, familiar with the four leaps? It's, it's for, for fucking winners, people like you and me, right? And you're when a you're a winner, you stay a winner. Are you off drugs? Oh, well, you don't have to be. It's not a requirement. Can you get a real fucking job? A real job? Acting is a real job. I'm an actor. You want a job? I'll give you a job. What do you know about using your cock? He's got a small dick. Bullshit, I'm just nervous. Maybe if you started jumping up and down, you'd get some blood Jump! 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 It's getting bigger! I want to take you with this drop on. Just do your best. The world's not out to get you. Is that your dick? Shut I the can't fuck. feel it. You're out to get you. You have no heart. And you have no brain, Scarecrow. Time to hit the yellow fucking brick road. You gotta level your pride. You said no sex. You said no sex. Embrace your failures. So I stay in the garage. Yeah, go. And let the world know your absolute truth. I live in my Louder. fucking... I live in my Louder. fucking... I live in my fucking car, man, and I love it! I do have one small problem. Right Yo, now. that was it, right, you guys? So did Einstein. He did. <laughs> we are live. That's up, everybody. That was the trouble with Billy, and now we have on the line. Let's make sure we can hear him. Billy, say something. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. All right. All right, now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly talented, well-known William Billy McNamara. Hello, and welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. I like those big intros. Let me introduce you to everybody before we get started. Starting out with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hi, how is, are you? Look, this is not my pubic area. This is our little dog. Oh. But he's on my lap, and it may look like a pubic area. See, that's our little baby. <laughs> Five pounds. Listen, no. I will never watch your show because it's full of cursing and vulgarity. <laughs> and, and, and who the fuck do you think you are that you can get away with that fucking shit? <laughs> we're we're going to talk about that listen, in a minute after we introduce you know you to everybody. I, I, we just saw you two nights ago in a movie called Flower on Wildflower. Wildflower on television. Oh, what channel Remember? was that on? I don't know. Uh, FX or some shit. It was like on that. FX, I think. A Palm Springs channel. You were with oh, wow. Witherspoon. With Patricia, uh, uh, Patricia. Arnett. And with wow, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Bo Bridges. It was a great movie. <laughs> and you know what? you know what? You know how to act. <laughs> not only were you gorgeous or still are handsome but you can act most handsome people don't act well they depend on their looks 
Hold on, let's wait, wait, hang on. I gotta get to the, I gotta get We there. gotta introduce him to everybody. Oh, fuck you. Leave me alone. <laughs> Listen, are you married? No. Oh, I have two daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll talk after okay, this. Okay, after show. this, let's introduce him to everybody. First, we've got, because we've got two engineers, so our video engineers in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, say hi to Scotty J. Hi, Scotty J. Hey, what's going on there, William? Not too much. How you doing? I can't complain. In Florida, oh, in Philadelphia. That's right. And then in Florida, we've got Danielle at the W4CY studios. She puts out. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. No, she's just a slut. No, I'm serious. <laughs> she's so good. We like her because if we have clients that are nervous, <laughs> oh she bangs and they relax. Right, She's Danielle? like a fluffer. <laughs> tell him. Tell him, Danielle. Tell him. He doesn't know what he's getting into because he doesn't know our oh, show. Oh, what did he think our show was? Johnny Carson? <laughs> well, Excuse hello. Me. My so name is... Danielle, the fluffer. <laughs> Danielle, 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 if yes. you could, would you? If you could, would you with him? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he's, cute. he's cute, right? And I'm 28, so. And and I heard he's got about 11 inches, too, honey. <laughs> and I know that's what you like. Oh, you know so, it. Uh, we've also got a chat room with all kinds of countries represented. Please say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi to everybody in the chat room. There you go. Now, since we just played your trailer, let's talk about it real quick. The name of it's called The Trouble with Billy. I wrote down Correct. it's a hybrid, hybrid scripted TV series about fictional Hollywood actor or child actor, and you play the lead role, Billy Mac. Right. And, and, and And actually, in the, in the trailer, there's all kinds of people that have been on our show. Oh, Randall wow. Back Randall Pattenkoff was in the trailer. We know Allison Eastwood. Um, we met Tom, Tom Sizemore recently. Paul Van Victor's a friend of mine from Facebook. Gianni Capaldi. Ron just did a movie with him like a month, two months ago. Oh, I love Gianni. Oh, what movie? Uh, Circus Road. I played oh. the minister, and he played the guy that was getting married to uh, to Sadie Katz. He's made three, three or four films with Gianni, right? You, you know made a what? Ton of films with you know Gianni. what? When I first went on this set with him, I think he was intimidated by my stunning good looks <laughs> and my age. You know what I mean? He figured he's a vintage actor, 58 years in the business. My first movie, Sophia Loren Tabanta. Hey, kid, those are credentials. So he was kind of intimidated, and I didn't like him. I thought he was a little snot. And and at the end of the shoot, I fell in love with him because he was the most generous actor I have ever worked with. At my age, I really drop lines a lot. Johnny was so good and so nice to me and so helpful. He really was a true professional actor, and I love yeah. him to peace. Oh, good. Love him. Love him. And you've done like three or four. I, uh, I saw on your IMDb a ton of movies. He's in a ton of movies with you. Yeah, and I just said something to a director of mine. I said, hey, I think we should get him in one of your movies. So you may be getting a phone call soon. <laughs> Oh, and you would be, be when, when I work, I'm normal. I don't curse or carry on, unless of course the character wants it. No, so hold on, tell us a little bit about the tell us a little bit about the series and like, is it out yet, or you, you've just shot the trailer, or tell us what's going on with it. Well, it's it's both a series and uh, a feature film. So I've got a 95, maybe 97 minute uh, feature film, <clears throat> and I've got about six episodes, which I haven't edited the, the uh, television episodes yet. And I'm just in the final edit right now. I still have sound mix to do and, of course, the music. So it's getting closer and closer. It's been a, a labor of love, more labor than love, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and very financially uh, <laughs> creating a financial hardship uh, just because I want to make it as best as I possibly can. So now, when you're ready to go, where do we see it? Well, then I, I, I need to go out and sell it. I don't know yet. 
Oh, so you're not out there yet? Correct. Well, I'm sure you'll sell it. You'll sounds, sell it. Sounds First of good. all, the cast uh, with with all the people. I guess you. I mean, you know everybody in Hollywood. So like, you've got the cream of the crop. Such great people involved. You know, in it, um, right. which helps which helps sell it. You know, you right. help sell it. They, and, and, they help and there's sell so it. much boring shit on television today. One more fucking reality show, I'm going to commit suicide. <laughs> I mean, aren't you sick of these nobody things? These ho- like pus, they're, they're, pimp, they're breaking pus pimples Uh-oh. on television. He woke up the <laughs> other night. He no, woke, I'm not lying to you. No, no, wait, we, we're married. We're married. So um, wait, wait, the other night, wait, late wait, at night wait, at like 11 one. o'clock at night, I was watching. He was asleep and he woke up and he saw the show. I was watching Dr. Pimple Popper and he almost had a heart attack. You know, they're oozing and <laughs> They made, a, they made a TV show out of pus. I mean, <laughs> give me a fucking break. So I said to Jimmy, we really need to have quality television. And I think yeah. your show is going to be just that. It's going to be theatrical. It's going to be funny. It's going to be heartwarming. And I think it's going to be a hit. And uh, if we can help you to get it out there, we will. We'll shout it out whenever we can. We got tons of people who who, who, uh, yeah, we, we have, who, who listen to we, us. We're, we're in shit. We get around <laughs> <laughs> but seri- like, seriously, it. we need quality TV again. We've got to teach young people that uh, the Kardashians are not the reason to live. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, we love it. That there are so many actors out there who really want to go back to work but don't have the work to go back to. And that breaks my heart because I'm from the days of the legends, you know, uh, Clark Abel, Gene Harlow, Jane Russell, Marilyn Monroe. Those were the people that I know. I'm 79 years old next week. So, you know, yeah. So I I came from vintage Hollywood. And today I just feel sorry for great actors like you that are not getting the roles that you should get. You're still a handsome guy and you can fucking act. I mean, that's strange in Hollywood. But, you know... (laughs) You can act, and I think movie roles should be flying your way, but unfortunately, there's no visibility. That's why I'm happy to say four and a half million people are watching you right now all over the world. They will be watching him. They will be. A lot lot was syndicated a lot of places. So I want to say this in behalf of you. Look this guy up. You'll be so impressed by his credits and how well he acts, and he looks good, too. So hire him. There you go. <laughs> Actually, I mean, you're working all the time, and 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 so I have a, a one question I want to ask, and we're gonna brag for you in a minute, so yes. you don't have so you don't have to brag. We like you. you. We like you. We like uh, your work. I'll I've brag. Watched, for you. I've watched you over the years. I'm gonna brag for and, you in a minute. But, and, you, and your work is good. But basically, like <laughs> you know, what I like. Let me just give one compliment. You never let your looks, and they were gorgeous, and they still are, get in the way of your character. Many actors let their looks get in the way of their character, which means they say, oh, I'm gorgeous. I don't have to work it. You worked it. Yeah. And that's what I like. Your looks were secondary to your work. Thank you. And you know you're good looking, right? <laughs> oh, come on. Cut the <laughs> shit. Every guy, every broad in the world would kill for you. Are you kidding? And guys, too. So it's so funny though because you, I mean, you used to be on the cover of all like because you Everywhere. and I, you and I are like almost the same age, and so you'd be like on the cover of like Teen Beat, like in all these like magazines with all the little starlets and stuff, and I and you were like, you know, living the high life, and and so how do you find things different now because you were in such huge films in the eighties and nineties, and I mean you've worked with the who's who of Hollywood, which I'm going to brag for you in a minute. Now you know the the, the with Netflix and all the streaming and all the indie films that have taken over everything. Like how do you view the change? 
changes and like I'm sure you probably don't like it as much but like what are your ideas and thoughts about the way the industry has changed from when you were uh, doing Jodie Foster movies you know and, and now doing a bunch of cool indie stuff well yeah I mean you know the industry has changed so much and I took a lot of time off I got heavily involved in the animal rescue world I went to Taiji and traveled all over the world doing that sort of stuff and and uh and then I ran out of money, of course. I made a lot of money, put it in, you know, saved it up, and then thought, oh, I've got a lot of money in the bank. I can, you know, go all over the world. I spent, you know, uh, time down in Texas uh, filming all my animal rescues, which actually culminated and led to uh, a show for National Geographic called uh, Animal Intervention. Allison Eastwood and I produced it and co-hosted it and went around mostly the United States rescuing exotic animals from private ownership. So it, it did culminate, but it, I ran out of money. And uh, so I came back to Hollywood to, you know, get back in the business and, and make money again, get my health insurance back, right? And things have changed, <laughs> things have changed so much. Um, you know, social media is, is such a huge influence as far as they won't cast you if you don't have over 100,000 Instagram followers or won't even, you know, audition you for certain things. It's in the breakdowns, it says. So that, that whole world, and I built my social media up. I mean, you know, Instagram 84,000, which is not bad for an older guy. I've been told by a few people it's not bad. Um, but so it really has. And, you know, the other thing is I'm sure you guys are aware of what's going on right now at the Writers Guild in Hollywood. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, and it's the same thing for the actors. I wish Screen Actors Guild was as tough as the Writers Guild because if you're not at the top three or four agencies, you don't get to work uh, um, CAA, William Morris, ICM package, 88% of the television, 88%, meaning if you're not with them, you're, you're missing out on 88% of the work. And then the rest, everybody else has to fight over the 12%. Yeah, that's terrible. You're not the only one saying this. I want to go back about a thousand years. Betty Davis, the legendary Betty Davis, queen of Hollywood. Yes. When she was in her late 50s, put an ad in our newspaper, the, uh, what is it, the Hollywood whatever. Hollywood Reporter. Saying, professional actress looking for work. That was <laughs> Betty Davis. That's what happens. You get to be a certain age, and when you're not hot to trot, and you don't get the idiots to come in to see your face, they don't think you could do anything with acting. And that's pathetic. Right. Second thing, you must know Tippi Hedren, my sweetheart, yeah. dear friend. I love yes. my Tippi Hedren, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely. She saves and rescues cats galore. So you yes. two have got to be my heroes, the both of you, because yes. anyone that saves animals from the slaughter or the misabuse, malabuse, is, yes. is are angels to me. So thank you so much for doing that. Actually, sure. we have we have, and you and actually your your documentary did really well, didn't it? The docu series, yeah, we, yeah, we did, yeah. We did six episodes. We had an average of nine hundred thousand viewers, so it did really well. But both Allison and I, after that experience, you know, we both put a lot of money into it and a lot of time, and we were not making. You know, we lost a lot of money too. So you know, Allison went back. She wanted to go back to directing feature films, and she's done one. I think she's on her second one right now. Um, and I went back and I tried to create this show, The Trouble with Billy. Because I figured the only way for me to do something, you know, to get back in again, was I was forced to do my own thing, spend my own money, uh, get all my friends to do cameos in it, and it's turned out it's turned out pretty pretty good, I think. We'll, well see. Well, that's that's the way of show business today. You're not the only one doing that. Now I want you to tell me, 
get me interested, make me want to see your show, tell me why I should see your show. <laughs> well, it's it's a really sort of dark uh, look, uh, comedic look, you know, because uh, it's gone to the it's 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 dark Hollywood to the extreme. Um, I mean, just to tell you, there's a great scene that I'm working on editing right now. Uh, my character in the beginning finds out his dog is dying of heart failure, and no. of course, my dog is my only friend. She's a pit bull, oh. and um, so and I'm dead broke. I'm my my uh, I've been thrown out of my 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 niece's house. I've been living with her, and that's played by Instagram star Lindsay Pelas. She's got nine ten million followers on Instagram. Um, and so I'm living in the car with my dog, and my dog is dying. So uh, I'm pretty desperate to get the money. I go to the hospital. They say, your dog is dying. Allison Eastwood is the cardiologist, uh, the uh, veterinarian cardiologist. And she tells me, your dog, you have maybe two to three months left without radical intervention. And I'm like, what's radical intervention? She said, my mentor at UC Davis is doing heart transplants on dogs. <laughs> And I'm like, well, I'll do it, whatever it takes. And it's very expensive. So I've got to go out and figure out a way to raise an enormous amount of money living in my car. And I try all these different jobs. I end up uh, with an old boarding school friend in the movie, boarding school, and that's Angus McFadgen. I don't know if Love you know him. Angus. Yeah, yeah from, from Saw. Absolutely. Yeah, from Saw and from Braveheart and from a lot of things. He's doing yeah. a big Paramount movie right now. So he, he, we're old boarding school friends, and I figured he's very wealthy. He's a lord, Lord Delaware, and his family founded the state of Delaware. So I'm figuring he's in Hollywood. He's driving a Ferrari. He must be financing movies, so this is going to be my, uh, this is it. And Good by ticket. the way, the structure of the script is the structure of The Wizard of Oz. And okay. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you how that begins. begins that my niece, her name is Katrina, like the hurricane. Katrina, and she throws me out of the house like the tornado, and it's me, I'm Dorothy, and it's my dog, Toto, and, and we're homeless, we've got to find our way home again. But not only that, I'm not only Dorothy, I'm also, um, I'm, I'm also the, um, uh, the scarecrow, in that a lot of bad decisions have led me to being homeless, so I need a new brain. And my dog is also the Tin Man because she needs a new heart. Heart, yeah, that's cute. So I've now, got. What do you, what, wait, hang on. What do you need right now to get going? You need money. Uh, well, I'm gonna need some finishing funds. Yes. Yep. Okay. Talk to Jimmy after the show. <laughs> okay. Jimmy's got a lot of money, people, connections. Number one, this show is going to be a smash hit. Everybody's going to love this show. Because everybody we know in Palm Springs, where we live, works hard for rescue. We just rescued this little baby on my lap. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. We have three rescue dogs. We have three dogs, rescue dogs. And we are all animal lovers. So there's not an animal lover that will not watch your show and love it. I love it already. I will definitely yes. be Actually, watching it. This is a this is as Astro Boy. He's a terrier poodle mix. He's mix. five pounds and he's two years old. He's full grown. Then we have a 35-pound Old English Sheepdog Terrier mix. Oh. And, then, and then we have a 120-pound Brazilian Mastiff. Uh, wow. So, so we we've, have got like all, we've got the whole, we've got like a zoo, and, and we always and, rescue dogs. And the thought that that dog would die makes me sad already. But I'm hoping that somehow you're going to get the money to have his heart transplant, <laughs> and the dog is going to live to be 100. <laughs> so I know it's going to be. No, seriously, it's, it's, 
you'll learn one thing about me when you get to know me better. I don't bullshit anybody. No smoke up anybody's ass. I hate people that do that. You know, Hollywood, darling, you're wonderful. Let's do lunch. Your film is fabulous. You're fabulous. When they pull that shit, I smack them and throw them in the gutter. I didn't even <laughs> want to talk to them. You know, tell it like it is. You don't have, just because you're an actor, you don't have to bullshit. I don't bullshit. Love, love, love. The idea of your film or your show, and I can't wait to see it. And so, if anybody out there has got a brain in their head, get this show up and running. And you can follow him. Wait, he's, he's wait. I'm just you do that shit. I don't. I talk hard. You talk bullshit. Um, get this guy's film up. It's going to be a great piece of work. Something good. Something for a change that we don't fall asleep on. And you guys can follow him in social media. Let's get his social media numbers up if we can. He's William McNamara on Twitter. Are right. you William McNamara on Instagram also? Um, I think I'm William McNamara 108 on Instagram. Yeah, that's right. I remember it's something different. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So William McNamara 108 on Instagram, William McNamara on Twitter. Um, so he's got this going. First, first of all, let's do some bragging, though, too, for you. So not only has he got this great this great Trouble with I Billy show. TV show and movie that he's, like, putting together that uh, that everybody wants to see, but this is some – and this is just some of the people because as I was going through your IMDb, I saw tons of other names that aren't on this list, but I was like, there's just too many people. But these are yep. some of the people that Billy has starred opposite of. And when I say starred opposite of, I don't mean, like, he's in the cast, like, number 30. He's, right. like, in the top – Two or three on IMDb in every film right. he's in. He didn't walk on and walk off. Which means that he's like his IMDb star meter is really high and it stays high. So here you go, you guys. Uh, he starred opposite Jodie Foster, Jeff Bridges, Patricia Arquette, Reese Witherspoon, Holly Hunter, Ben Kingsley, Sigourney Weaver, James Earl Jones, Bo Bridges, Donald Sutherland, Tom Berenger, Dennis Hopper, Danny Glover, Roy Scheider, Armand Asante, Gabrielle Byrne, Bette Midler, and... Gianni Capaldi, since he's yeah, a friend of yours. Johnny's, Johnny's <laughs> and my Estelle, friend. Estelle Warren, Vivica Fox, Dominique Swain, um, Leslie Ann Warren, who follows me on Twitter. She's really well, nice. I love Leslie. Um, let's see. Mark Harmon is on there. Harold Ramis, Jonathan Silverman. And then he was in Dream a Little Dream. So anybody who's my age loves Dream a Little Dream. You got Jason Robards, Meredith Salinger, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, Piper Laurie. I mean, that's a big one. That's Piper, us 80s kids. Oh, that's a big one. Piper Laurie. I met her years ago. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, she is. Piper was such a nice girl. Very Midwestern, very mid mid America. Oh, and Sybil yeah. Shepherd and Eric Rogers, Brad Dorif. Eric Roberts. He, he did the actor. movie called The Calling with Robert Wagner, Jill St. John, Brad Dorif, and Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway, the bitch of the earth. By, by the way, <laughs> Robert Robert Wagner's in the trouble with Billy. He plays oh, the oh, good. cardiothoracic surgeon. He does the heart transplant. Oh, well don't 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 tell too much. Now you're giving it away. <laughs> Oh, we don't right. want to. We don't want to know. Don't tell that. us what happens. We, but you can we, tell us who's in it. We want to sit there oh. wishing. We don't want to sit there. All right. Smiling. All right. You know what I mean. But anyway, I'm going to ask you number one because we're gay and we adore and love Bette Midler. I was in Bette's company once. With my friend Perry Winkler, when her little girl was a baby and she was changing her diaper on the sofa, and that's how I met Bette Midler. Bette Midler, as we say in Jewish, is a Hamish abroad. There's no bullshit with Bette Midler. She curses a lot like me. She tells it like it is. She's one tough tomato. What that's was right. it like working with her? Well, she she was uh, she's a fantastic person. And you're right. She's no bullshit. She's a real person. And I, I remember when I went to the, the first day for the cast read-through around the table read, it was up, uh, I think we were shooting it, I believe it was in Canada, I'm pretty sure, very cold, I think Toronto possibly, very cold, 
Uh, so everybody's wearing their heavy jackets. We were in a church. We we're in the basement of a church doing this big cast read through, and it was a very large cast in Stella. And I got there and went down right away. Got in, got a t- got sat at the table. Must have been 60, 70 people there. You know, crew and all kinds of people doing stuff. And I looked around and I, I couldn't see. I couldn't find Bette Midler. Now I had never met her yet. And I'd never seen her in person. So I kept looking. I thought, oh, I guess she's the star. She's not going to come to the table read. And so we're getting ready, everybody's getting ready, and all of a sudden, uh, off to the side, a little baby starts crying very loudly. <laughs> very and, loudly. And, it and, screams, and, that's true. And somebody, in wearing like a big, huge overcoat, wrap, big hat around the head, and big scarf, because it was cold in the basement, big scarf, small person, belted out a beautiful song with an amazing voice singing to the baby. And I thought, my God, who is that with that voice? Because she was all covered up and wrapped around and she was tiny. And uh, it was Bette Midler. How cool is that? I was like, oh my God. Her her daughter was maybe six or seven months old when I met her. And, you know, I was being a gentleman and polite and boring. And then I said, you know what? Screw it. She's like me from Brooklyn. She's a Jew. She's in, like me. You know what I mean? I'm Italian. Let's just do it. So I started in with, oh, fucking kids. I said, they drive you crazy. She <laughs> said, oh, tell me about it. These fucking kids can make you nuts. You know? <laughs> so when I said, fucking, she kept saying, fine. I mean, we just bonded, the filthy, dirty mouths. But it's loving. We don't curse to be dirty. We curse right. because it's love. Like in right. New York, we don't say... Oh, hi. We say, hey, how the fuck are you? You know, <laughs> and, and that's kind of like a New Yorker love. Uh, like Just like my sweetheart, Lainey Kazan, who's my dear sweet friend, who I love. And, of course, uh, Renee Taylor, who I love, and, and also uh, Fran Drescher. He, he's a big nanny fan. <laughs> well, no, these, these are people we've interviewed and friends of mine, and I love them. Because they're all from New York, mostly Brooklyn, and yep. they're all real people. When yeah. you're in our business, and you will contest to this, you can lose yourself in the bullshit. Yes. And when you lose yourself in the bullshit, your ego rises, you think who you are, you refuse a lot of roles that are not paying well, are mistakes, because your ego destroys your career. Right. If you can stay in this business, secured to the floor, screwed to the floor, you will go far. That was said to me by, because uh, I knew Betty Davis. It wasn't Betty. It was one of those other old broads <laughs> I, I interviewed. Who was it? Maybe Arlene Dahl, one of those people. You got to stay secured to the ground in this business or you get lost in the crowd. Don't right. you agree with that? Absolutely. You seem to be real. You seem to be down to earth. I think I like you. You can be, be a good friend. <laughs> what do you think? Absolutely. <laughs> I thought you guys were in Florida, but you're in Palm Springs. No, we're in yeah, Palm we're in Palm Springs. We transmit. For, we're like shit. We're all over. We moved here though, and we we originally started nine years ago. We lived in Florida, so we started the show in Florida, and so we stayed at the same place. Uh, so we had the same station W4CY for like nine years, and we just wherever we go, we broadcast. Yeah, you know, we call to them, and they broadcast so, right. us. And I cannot leave Cal. I lived in California most of my life because I'm an actor. And I left because I wasn't getting any work. You know, I was getting old, 67, 68, 70, 73. Who the frig wants an old bag? Well, I've got eight movies to do. Eight movies. We moved back a year ago. Because now they need old bags over 75 that could still walk and talk (laughs) to breathe. (laughs) 
So every time they need the, the grandfather or the crazy old man, I get a casting. So there is work. And when you're my age, you'll be working. And it's wonderful that Hollywood has turned around and SAG now promotes and encourages older people to be in film. Yep. You've never seen so many old people and young people together because it's a clever way of grabbing an audience. Yes. The kid, the kid movies only get the kids. But if you put Robert De Niro in with a kid, you get both audiences, the old bags and the kids. So Hollywood <laughs> has finally gotten smart. And I'm glad. Matter of fact, I'm going to work in two weeks. I'm shooting a fabulous movie. I'm not allowed. That's another thing I hate, that today we can't talk about a movie. Years right. ago, we used to do pre-publicity. Now they made me sign a paper. Do not mention nothing about... Like, what the fuck? I, mean, <laughs> I feel like a CIA Is agent. that different? And now is that different from how it was for the Oh, yeah, of course it no, is. I'm asking him. Oh, I, was you. Just, I was working when he was working. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's very different. I noticed that. It's very, I don't know what they're, I mean, there's so many film and television shows out there. I mean, I don't know how they think they're going to, you're letting the cat out of the bag because it's like it, you're lost anyway. It's better to do, like you said, the pre-publicity. Pre-publicity. Do. And also, I hate to break it to the writers, but this movie's been done a thousand times. A great big gorilla kills you, then a snake kills you, then they fly out of the sky as sharks and kill you. It's the same plot. Everybody gets killed in the horror movie. Everybody right. gets killed in the movie. So what are you worried about? Somebody's going to steal the plot? I mean, that everybody <laughs> gets killed by some other freaky thing? Actually, I want to bring two points into that. So one thing is, uh, William, because you just had a premiere for Rotten, Rotten Tail. Is it called Rotten Tail? Yes, it's called Rotten Tail. Rotten Tail. You just had a premiere for it. I saw it on your Instagram and uh, not too long ago. And that's a horror movie about a giant rabbit. It's a rabbit? That well, it's a horror comedy movie, the grindhouse sort of genre, yes. like the 70s and 80s, like a cheesy, really cheesy horror movie. It's meant to be very cheesy. And yeah, it's a giant um, uh, mutated uh, Easter bunny uh, who's not no longer, uh, you know, Johnny Cottontail. He's, you know, Johnny Rottentail. Actually, though, it looks quite So fun. they're worried like that fun. this script's going to get stolen. I love that, <laughs> don't you? Well, that one's out already, so it's <laughs> Amazon Prime today, if you want there to watch you it. Go. You can watch Ryan Another, today, another you guys. thing I don't like is they shoot a movie in an hour, and you're not allowed to rehearse. So now right. I'm doing I'm doing Circus Road, and I am the minister marrying Johnny and Sadie Katz, and I have not rehearsed. I have no idea what's going on. We just know our cues and lines. So I'm standing yep. there very solemn-faced, and I say, ba 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 and then Johnny's line to Sadie was, you fucking whore. I know you're a whore. And I'm not. But he yelled it so loud. I went, oh. And they <laughs> cut. They said, Ron, we heard the ooh on your mic. <laughs> I said, yeah, but I didn't know what he, what he was going to do. He startled me. <laughs> Leave the fucking you oop, oop in. It's so natural. But it wasn't in the script. So I looked and I thought, this script is such shit anyway. What do you mean? <laughs> it wasn't in the script. Leave the ooh. It was a genuine startle because Johnny was screaming. And the way he did it, you. I mean, so violently. So that's what, you know, they, they don't know what they're doing today. No. <laughs> so let's go back to you, though. For first two things, because we talked about Writers Guild, and I and I saw in your bio that you actually uh, wrote wrote and sold a script last year for a female-driven uh, film called The Wrong Girl. So you're part of the, are you part of the Writers Guild or not no, yet? No, no, no. And, and so, you know, like, it's kind of easy selling scripts if you're not in the Writers Guild. There's a lot of companies out there. Uh, that want to buy, you know, non-union scripts because they don't pay. 
I got right. paid fifteen grand to do the script and the rewrite. So it's def- not even Writers Guild minimum, I don't think. No, so, not. Yeah. but that's true. That's like, a, I'm SAG ed- eligible. I used to be SAG and then I let it go when I wasn't working. So anytime I want, I just give them 3000 bucks and I'm back in. But you know what? I get more work being SAG uh, friendly. Right. <laughs> I call it that, SAG, for low-budget SAG. He gets to do all those $300,000 and under Well, you know why? <laughs> Jimmy has informed me, like you just finished talking about this IMBD bullshit number. Jimmy yeah. said, the more movies you do, the lower your number gets. And I thought, what does that mean? He said, it Unless means, they're terrible. He said, it means you, <laughs> he said, it means you get work. If your number is like 10, you're going to be nah, His number's good. His number stays high. What's, his, what's your number? I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's 5,700. Is that oh, good? Oh, it's up to 57? That's not good. It's usually between two and four, so that's not good. <laughs> that's that's good? Pretty, compared to that, but considering there's 10 million people on IMDb, 5,700 is still well, good. Well, wait a minute. Does it, at 200, it gets a lot of work, right? At 200, well, it means your people so are checking So what am I, you 5 million? You're like, I don't know. You're like, actually, I think you just dropped. You just dropped a bunch because we haven't added anything new. You, oh. your, high, your high is... Your high is uh, it's like 60,000 or 55,000. My high is 4,000. Oh, big shit. Excuse <laughs> me. But I, I, I homer around the 50,000. Isn't that so. the stupidest thing you've ever heard of, Billy? It's I mean, ridiculous. Come on. What it's kind ridiculous. of nonsense? It's ridiculous. You know, you judge an act if he's good for the part. Right. Like, in other words, if I was casting you, I know to put you as a romantic, good-looking lead, maybe murderer or cheater, <laughs> you know, or whatever the character is. But I won't go by your number. I'll go by your work. I'll say to Jimmy, I want to see a few of his films. I want to see if this guy can act. I want to yeah. see what he looks like. I want to see what kind of shit he projects. That's yep. how you cast. You haven't changed, though, at all. No, he looks the like, same. Like, you look exactly the same as you did. You have a little bit of gray highlights, but other than that, you look exactly no, he look, the he's same. No, he's still handsome. <laughs> well, he was, well, he was like a no, heartthrob when both, he was young. We're both very handsome. I got to tell I'm not shy about that. <laughs> You know, for, I'll be 79 in uh, two weeks. For 79 years old, I'm really fucking good looking. And you're going to be the same way when you're my age. Some, t- some people lose their looks very quickly. <laughs> uh, don't you agree with that? Some gorgeous actors, when they were young, lose their looks by yes. 40. Unless he's got all his hair, too. Yeah, well, that, that helps. <laughs> hair is important. If I didn't have my hair, I, I would not look as good. <laughs> bald, bald, old, old bald men look like old bald men. <laughs> Young bald men look hot and sexy. I'll probably be one of them. So let's old talk, bald men real quick because like I saw this thing, Age of the Living Dead. It's a vampire series. I happen to like. Okay, I've, just so you know, I'm a horror fanatic. So I see every horror movie, whether it's big budget or whether it's like a hundred thousand dollar piece of shit. I see all of them. I love them all, and I know all the people in them. We've had them all on the show. Um, so first of all, is Age of the Living Dead? Is it any good? It's a vampire series. Is it any good? Is it okay? I haven't seen it, and it's uh, what I uh, what I what I understand is it, it was for. Um, uh, a channel in uh, the UK, and I know, I'm not sure if it was BBC or not. So it was, it aired. Maybe it's Netflix in the UK. It was Netflix in the UK. Uh, so we can't even see it. I don't think so. No, I don't oh, think so. Oh, that stinks! I totally wanted to see that. Yeah, yeah. You have a bunch. It, it, you know, everything in England comes here eventually. Yeah, so it, it will it come. May, here. It may recycle itself here. So yes. what do you got going on? Like, what, what, what are you like? Don't lie to me either, because I don't like that. Tell me the truth. What do you want? Like, what are you looking for? Well, for, you know, for me, I'd love to be on a, a series regular on a great TV show. If it's not my show, The Trouble, some, something else. You know, I'd like to be on a show. I'd like to be working. Uh, uh, and there's 600 shows, 600 TV series being produced in the United States today. 600. That's a I lot. I should be on one of them, even for a supporting role. Well, why do, you, why do you suspect you're not? What do you, how do you suspect you're not? Why? 
I, I, I really, I don't know. I'm, Are you I'm, fat? I'm, Are you fat? No, I'm not fat at all. <laughs> we can't see the sweatshirt. You look. I mean, so you still have a nice body. Your yeah. face is still handsome. You're a good yeah. actor, and you're available. So what's yeah. the problem? You got a shitty agent. Uh, the you know the agent is a, one of the smaller agents. Yeah, yeah. That stinks. That's not good. And well, I'm, I'm serious. Get someone who after pushes. The, after the show, we're going to talk to you, and I bet you ten bucks we're going to have you cast in one of the movies I'm in. <laughs> I'm serious because I have a little bit of clout because they're afraid of me they know I'll go on we have four and a half million people right now watching and they're afraid that I might go on and say that the movie sucks <laughs> <laughs> and the director should be shot and the producers are assholes so they it's, it's, it's funny that a lot of people uh, this isn't really too a lot of producers and directors and stuff know that we have a lot of cool celebrities on our, yeah, we our have show everybody. and they know that they can contact me and most of the time I book everybody without using an agent or a manager to come on the show so it's they know true. I have emails to contact people so all the time they'll come to me and say hey I saw you had this person on your show you know you think they would work for this and I'm like I have no idea if they'll work for it or not but I can I can I can contact them and ask them if it's okay Right. If I give you their contact yeah, but information. He, does, he doesn't know anything about you. Jimmy was voted the number one PR person two years in a row. He's he's a oh, yeah, I'm a publicist. He's the most incredible in, publicist. In and Jimmy does things that that you don't know who Jimmy is. But if you know his credits and what he can do, he's a very powerful man, growing every day more powerful in our business. And I know that he's helping so many up. actors. <laughs> who have been put to pasture. We have so many. Those that, are my favorite actors, first yeah, of all. I mean, I work very hard. I mean, Jane Russell was my best friend. You know, Jane Russell, the legend. Jane. Yep, of yeah. course. I mean, she was like my sister. We hung out. And I used to say to her, Jane, why don't you go to work? There's so many nice parts for you. She said, I can't remember lines anymore. I said, they put the hearing aid in your ear and they talk to you, your lines. She was afraid because she thought she wasn't beautiful anymore. Oh. 89 years old. She was still beautiful for 89 years old. So yeah. a lot of actors out there have to realize, no, you're not 21 anymore. <laughs> but that's not saying that at 51 you're still not sexy and gorgeous. When I started, when I when I started the show, I originally started bringing on all my favorite because I'm a child of the 80s, so I like all the 80s stars. Um, I I think they're all fabulous. I love the fact to see that there's a resurgence and everybody's working a lot more than they were uh, again. Um, and then, but there's some people. Um, like you, are, you're a good example because you weren't just like a working actor in the '80s. You were like a freaking superstar. Like you were like at the top of the fucking still, heap. I bet him a lunch. And I think you need to still be at the top of the heap because you've got you a, everything. I bet you a lunch because if this show, you're going to get a phone call. <laughs> I hope so. Well, you won't get a phone call, but and you, you guys and, can email and, me and, and, and or contact you, him on Twitter. You guys. And when I win, you could take me to Denny's because I love <laughs> the new thing. They have three pancakes, three bacon, three sausage for five ninety eight. You can't beat the lunch. You can't beat the lunch, baby. So let's do a let's do let's do some hypotheticals. So like you've already worked with everybody in Hollywood. If you could, if you could have been a character in any movie that's ever been made, what movie would you have liked to be in? And then think in the background of all of this, who's a male and female star that you haven't worked with yet that you would love to have an opportunity to work with oh well if i could be in any movie uh and uh, you know it would have to be um the movie harvey to play jimmy stewart's role in harvey wow <laughs> that's strange i never would have thought that. <laughs> such really? such a good movie such a good movie and i would love to play uh would have loved 
to have played Barney Fife in the TV series, <laughs> uh, the Andy Griffith show. Oh Those my are my God. two favorites. I never would have dreamed it. Never. Those me. are very cool because you've totally like off guard. Stuff. Yes. Totally. I would have thought that you wanted to play Tarzan or something like exciting and sexy <laughs> or like Raiders of the Lost Ark's nephew. You know, something like that. You look like him a little bit. You're better looking. He looked like shit and I got old. Harrison Ford. I think uh, he's gorgeous. No, he don't look good anymore. <laughs> I, I saw Harrison not long ago. He's really aged a lot. I think he's he still attractive, gorgeous. but wow. he could, okay, hold on. He Who could be Harrison's cousin. Who, who, who would you like to work with that you haven't had an opportunity to work with yet? We say yet because you got so much stuff that'll be coming your way. You know, this might actually come true. Some of you might hear it and be casting. So who, who do you want to work with? I mean, I, I would love to work with like, you know, people like Sean Penn, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, yeah, those are the actors. Yeah, I mean, I'd uh, I'd love to work Matthew Modine, uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Gut, gut people, gut people. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Too. Uh, it's yeah. so funny because like the Lost Boys is like my favorite movie like of the '80s of like all no, time. No, but he just he just mentioned really, I mean really. I love good, Peter good Meaty actors, you know, they're not fluff. Oh, not at right. all. And you right. forgot Eric Roberts, who is a I've brilliant actor. He's already worked with Eric. I know, but Eric is. How's he to work with? Is he difficult or what? No, this is what I heard no, it's tough. No, he's a gentleman. No, Eric is fantastic. He's an amazing person, Eric. He's amazing. I am yet to meet him and, and adore him because I love his work. I think Eric Roberts is one of our best actors around. Yes, I agree. He's really okay. Great. So, what about a female? Give us some females that you want to work with. And don't say uh, Meryl Streep. <laughs> no, no, not Meryl Streep. Everybody, everybody says Meryl. Every Streep. girl says Meryl Streep. <laughs> what, the, what the hell? Uh, I know Angelina Jolie. Yeah, Angelina Jolie, of course. I mean, who doesn't Angie's, want to work with her? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah she, grew, she grew up in my house. She was my daughter Deirdre's best friend. They went to school together. I, I practically raised Angie in my house on peanut butter sandwiches. Oh. <laughs> it's true. And we lived in Beverly Hills, and she lived around the corner on Roxbury. We lived on Spalding, and my kids went to Beverly Hills, Rodeo, and hi, Beverly Hills, hi. And Angie, I want to say it again, everybody. The boobs are real. The lips are real. There's nothing fake on that kid <laughs> that girl is totally natural and yep. a brilliant brilliant actress how about you like Charlize Theron I like Charlize oh, Theron she's a gorgeous lot. Beautiful. yeah I love her I think oh. she's amazing absolutely love Do her. you know her you've met her no I never met her I met Angelique Jolie but not not Charlize oh. I did a screen test uh, very early on uh, for that movie Gia. Do you remember Gia, the HBO of movie? Awesome movie Are about the kidding? model, an amazing movie. That's where my sweetheart, two of them, I love them, Winona Ryder and Angie. No, Winona Ryder's not in Gia. You're thinking about the one where they... Uh, the dope addict one. Yeah, that's not... Gia's the model one where she's the model oh, right. who gets Oh, yes, Gia the model, right. <laughs> what's the one I'm thinking of where they're both with uh, We addicts. had the girl from that on. Remember, what's the name of the song? Girl Interrupted. Girl Interrupted. <laughs> yes, yes. Had somebody yes. from that on. That was some heavy duty stuff. Wow, yes. great act. I love it. Now you you pick see you pick all really meaty, cool like you know real actor people. Uh, I'm glad you didn't say Meryl Streep because uh, do you think that an Academy Streep. Award really brings your career back up? It seems like it. It seems like people stop working after they get the Academy Award. That's what I, That's what I was just gonna say. <laughs> it's like a curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah it could it's, be. It's like you're a one night wonder. Right. You know, you made it night goodbye. We don't need you anymore. It could <laughs> right. be because there are a lot of actors who I don't want to mention people because that's not nice to say, but there's a lot of people who have won Academy Awards that you don't you don't see them making A list films, you know, well, anymore. Like 50% of them. What are you talking <laughs> about? Well, look at uh, Patricia Arquette won the Academy Award a few years Great. ago and she was on a CSI show and it got canceled right after she won. I mean, 
That's crazy. She's a everybody, fabulous Everybody actress. in the Arquette family is phenomenal. I love her and I love her sister. They're both great actresses. Yeah, I agree. They really, they really know how to do it. Natural and Again, real. Again, though, those are people who are like almost like underrated, though, for everything. But getting know? back to Wildflower, you're, you were young and you were probably a little green. But your acting was, and I'm not flattering you because I don't care for that. Your <laughs> acting was really genuine. And your accent, I, I couldn't put my finger on it. Southern, kind of a little bit of hickey, uh, farmer type, was not, hi, y'all, hi, y'all doing, you know, that thick bullshit southern it was so subtle that you had to really listen to the words to say where's this guy from is he a farmer and what's his background and you did it so well see i scrutinize films i jimmy does jimmy watches them and enjoys them i watched them and ripped them apart to see what i could learn from them what i could understand from them well i have to say that i have to give a lot of credit to the director on that uh diane keaton she was such a great director she really directed me every moment was directed uh, that i did was made by diane keaton period and of course working with patricia arquette reese witherspoon Bo bridges how can you not be in in the top of your game when you're working with people like that it's true the energy is fantastic yes what's, what's witherspoon like i heard she's a little bitchy sometimes <laughs> well I, I only knew her when she was a kid when we did yeah, that so movie she was, together. Sweet. She was the, the sweetest kid i ever met yeah. in my life i loved her I loved right. her. I love the <laughs> fact, though, that like she was a young, you know, she started out so young and she's still making films and she's still working and, and she's become like a superstar. Um, yes. Uh, I think that's like a really cool But thing. there are so many movies I've seen you in over the years, and I really mean this, and I can't remember two more. I mean, there's so many movies. The title. Stealing Home was a big one. Actually, for me, I like the beat a lot. There was a movie. <laughs> there was one of the movies that I thought he was really good in, and I can't remember the name of it. I don't even remember the plot. Well, that, that Do, can't Doing really Time on Maple Drive with Jim Carrey? Oh, that's that a good one. one. No, because Jim Carrey gets me nervous. I would never watch that film. <laughs> um, Jim Carrey gets me nervous. Stella was a big movie, though. Stella was a huge movie. Maybe it was Stella. It might have been Stella. It was Stella, right? There. What was your character in Stella? I was the uh, the good the good boyfriend that she ended up marrying. Ben Stiller was the bad boyfriend. It's based on Stella Dallas, the Barbara Stanwyck movie. Right. I think that was the film. Yeah, because he's yeah. a big Barbara Stanwyck. Yeah, film. that, that had to have been the film. You did a good job in that one, my friend. Yeah. You do good yeah. work, no matter when I've seen you, and I've seen you around. I mean, it's not like uh, uh, nobody knows who you are. So you're right. doing uh, do you're doing fun horror films now? Do you like did you watch horror films before? And do you like being in horror? Do you like do you like the genre itself? Not really. Now, Rotten Tail's not necessarily a horror film. It's, it's over comedy. the top horror. So it's yes. comedy. And I so play a really his... crazy, crazy, wild character in that. It's one of my best characters I've ever played. I'm really, it's like Dennis Hopper, out of control Dennis Hopper. Um, <laughs> so, and I'm not a, you know, it's funny. I did, you know, I, I got my fame because I did a Dario Argento horror movie. Yeah, opera. Dario Argento is. Yeah, so, freaking huge. So, Huge, and that you know, it's like it has such a cult following that I get so much uh, email and fan mail regarding that one movie I did in Italy that I never thought would even come to America, and and but people are real followers of Dario Argento. I remember I I, I tested for um, Reservoir Dogs, and it was terrible. It was not going well. I dropped my script on the floor, but Quentin Tarantino was such a nice guy, and he goes, he says, "Oh, it's all right, Billy. Calm down. Start over again." He goes, "By the way, I want to let you know," and this is. Reservoir Dogs, a long time ago, right? Yeah. He says, by the way, I want to let you know I'm a huge fan. 
I'm like, oh, really? He goes, yeah, you're in one of my favorite movies. I thought, oh, what's, what's he talking about? I thought maybe Stealing Home, he would say. He said, opera, Dario Argento. I'm like, wow. How did no. this guy see that movie? It's not even in America. But he I saw know, it. Dario Argento is it such, Everything recycles. But he's such a, he's such a like, legend in you the You know what world. I hate about doing all these horror movies? In 1959, I made my first movie. All right? Yep. I'm getting paid in horror movies less money than I made in 1959. Me too. It is so <laughs> sad. <laughs> I was just offered a part, and she said, it's 130 a day. I said, you mean an hour? You know? <laughs> Are you serious? $130 a day? Yes. And I have to go to Arizona at my own expense? And bring yes. half the costumes, which are my own clothes. Yes. And do my own makeup because I'm playing three different characters. Yes. Get out of your minds. Yes. I mean, you know, That's why not what's going on. That's the problem. That's right. I'm making less money today than I made in the in the late 80s when I started. Much uh, less today than what I made. 30 years ago. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, it really is totally. Well, you know what it is? The budgets. I think one of the films I'm on now is a million and a half, and that's considered a lot of money for a horror movie. Yes, uh, yes. There is a couple of, I think I'm in another one that's about three and a half million budget, but I don't think I'm going to make more than 300 a day. No, you're right. right. Uh, yes, you will. Well, if it's, if it's a SAG film, you make a thousand a day. A thousand five, I think, is SAG. No, 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 no. No, no. On SAG, it's like it depends. Ultra low budget, low budget, new media. Right. Yeah. Oh, I hate that shit. Oh, I hate they, that. I hate it. They could give you one twenty-five oh. a day, on on in SAG. Uh, so it's it's you know it's not it's it's not good. It's funny. It, you know, a couple years when I was shooting Rotten Tail, I was shooting it in Arizona, <clears throat> and on the weekends I had off, so I went to Sedona every weekend. Beautiful place, Sedona. I love Sedona. I went there, and there was a film festival going on. And I thought, oh, fantastic, a film festival. I'm going to park my car and go into the film festival. And I saw the documentary on Sidney Lumet. Yes. And I'm sitting and I'm making no money on Rotten Tail. I'm making like six, $700 a week, working six-day weeks, making six, $700 a week on Rotten Tail, right? So I'm watching this. I'm watching the documentary. Sidney Lumet's in it. He's being interviewed. And they said, and he was talking about he, uh, his father, he was in Yiddish theater in Brooklyn. And his father realized that Yiddish theater was coming to an end. So he was pushing hard to get Sidney onto Broadway. Right. So he could continue working as an actor. So his father was pushing and pushing. And his father had a plan. Get, get Sidney on Broadway and get him one of these contract deals in Hollywood at the studios like they did with the kids. And he, and he, and he was very happy he succeeded. So Sidney got on a couple of shows on Broadway. One of the big studios, Paramount, Warner Brothers, I can't remember which one, signed him up for a contract. And, that, and then the interviewer asked Sidney Lumet, this is in the 1930s or, or, or late 30s, early 40s. What were they paying you back? What were they paying you back then? And, and, and listen, I kid you not, Sidney Lumet said, oh, it was terrible back then. In the 30s, listen, terrible back then, $700 a week. No taxes. No taxes. I am very and proud. No taxes. Right. I am and very car, proud. Buy a brand new car for two thousand right. dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you could get a mansion in Beverly Hills like Valentino did for thirty-two thousand. Yes. Meanwhile, I'm very proud to say that the film I was in, that kind of woman, was directed by Sydney. Oh. So I can say that I have in my career of shit, I have been directed by one of the best in the business. I yes. love it. 
So yep. I have one other question because we got another guest coming on in a second. So do you? No, I want to keep. Uh, we're we're going to bring it when you, as soon as no, you have something else on. that you have coming out or anything you want to promote, we'll bring you back and promote it because like this is fun and everybody everybody loves it. But um, do you do you, do you have like an agent that like books you for signings for like autograph signings? Do you do conventions and stuff? Do you do that or you don't want to do that? I would do it, but I, I haven't had anybody uh, approach me. I, di I did a couple of few like a uh, few years ago, but just I've never sort of followed up on it. Jane Russell yeah. and I did conventions together. I, I didn't do signings. Nobody knows who I am. But Jane would make anywhere between three and $6,000 a night. Wow. Wow! Photographs and pictures. Shoot me an email because, like, I you might be able make to. A lot of I have money. a lot of. I have a lot of um, celebrities who are clients, and I try, I refer them out to the different agents to get right. that because I have I have a couple of clients they make like ten thousand dollars, you know, every other month or something doing it, and you could probably that, that, you would probably do well in that because nobody's seen you there before, and if you haven't really done it, you could probably rake up with that stuff. That's wow. why I'm doing all these horror movies. I'm doing eight of them because I want to get famous as a horror movie star, <laughs> so I could go sign shit at the convention center. <laughs> well, even, if, even if I made fifteen hundred bucks, I'd be happy. So, you guys, this is William McNamara. It goes by Jill and Billy. You can find him at William McNamara on Twitter. Listen, you you live in Hollywood, Santa Monica. Okay, Santa Monica. One day when we're in town, we're gonna call you. We're gonna go have lunch because you're a great guy. We that can have a good. lot of Actually, fun. Actually, too, you know, like, do you, do you like to go to, like, red carpet, like, premieres and stuff, or you don't like to do that? Not really. Uh, okay. Yeah, but it's very, say, but you, you know invited. what, Billy, it's very good to, <laughs> to get be seen. Yourself, to, you know, to get Getty, a Getty photograph works today. If they see Getty shot you, they, you look you know, popular you, you again. You pump up, you pump up. <laughs> I go to those shitty red carpets and I hate them with a passion. I Actually, hate. you can just go walk the red carpet, get the picture, and leave. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I do. I do that sometimes because I can get. Because when we when we're going to them, they always ask me like, "Who do you know?" And I always invite people who've been on the right. show. So if you want to go, you've got to get it out there today because it's all about publicity. It's all about the media. Uh, years ago, we had movie books that you bought to read about your stars. That was it. Right. it was right. word of mouth. Oh, go see Betty Davis's new film. It's wonderful. Today they don't do that. No. So it's about media. They people you have to like the Kardashians. Who are they? Nothing. They're nobodies. Yet today they're the number one attraction in the freak show. Yep. In the freak I know. show. All right. So we want to thank you for coming on. Literally, you. uh, anytime you've got anything to promote, let me know. Um, I'm following you on Twitter. I'm following you on Instagram. And um, it was really a pleasure. Everybody in the also, channel. Also, also on Facebook, it's it's Facebook.com. The Trouble with Billy. I got forty four thousand followers and there. I, and I definitely want to see this. It's got to get up. It's got to get you up. You guys repeat that. It's Facebook.com/slash The Trouble with Billy. I'll go like it later today. And everybody, Thanks. go on your Facebook page or his and write. I want to see the trouble with Billy. Thank right? you. Scream it out. I'm doing Thanks. that for for my dear friend uh, Stan uh, Zimmerman. Do you know, you know Stan Zimmerman? I, I know the name. Yeah, he wrote for Golden Girls. He's a dear friend of mine. And now he's got a new thing going called the, the Silver Foxes that he's trying to get up on the air. It's about oh. three gay guys that got thrown out of a Palm Springs nursing home because they were gay. <laughs> So they moved in together, and one is bitchier than the other. Basically, the gay Golden Girls. So it's kind of like the gay Golden Girls. So I'm campaigning for that for Stan Zimmerman, uh, telling the networks, get over your stupidity about gay people. We are here, and the world loves us. We're some of the best entertainers. It's gay stories. So the same thing. You must tell everybody on your Facebook page, if you like me, if not, I'm not going to let you watch our show anymore. So... <laughs> 
Say, I want to see the trouble with Billy. There you go. Thank All right. You. Well, thank, thank you so much Take for care, coming bro. on the show. We really appreciate it. You're fabulous. And good luck with everything and anything we can do to help you let us know. Right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Been a pleasure. Nice, Yay. nice guy. All nice right, everybody fella. in the chat room. I'm glad you enjoyed Very him. Very good, Billy. It was a lot did of fun. Good. And um, uh, oh, I think you have to hang yourself up. Yeah, dude. but there he, you did, go. he did good. Oh, look, I'm schlapping. I got to sit up. <laughs> I always sit up, and then I wind up looking like a potato. What you guys think, Danielle and uh, Scotty J? He was fun, right? Did you recognize him? I did after he came on. He's, he's still I just guy. think it's criminal. That someone spends their entire life devoted to becoming an actor and study and work hard and have films and then it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. And everybody thinks because you've done it, you can't do it again. I agree and with it's you. It's really a very, very rotten business. I don't think I know, he's you totally going to do it again. I wish numbers. I was a nun <laughs> yeah, instead no. of an actor. You know, this way I could be a lesbian, I could be kept by a woman, I could live in a convent, I can eat good food, have great sex. Catholics are going to hate me. So um, <laughs> here's what we're going to do, guys. So let's play a song real quick, you guys, um, and then don't call him yet. We'll come back, do a quick commercial, and then play another song so people can hear Thomas Claxton's music because it's really, really good, and people are going to love it. So let's play uh, Maybe I'm Crazy. Okay. And then we'll come back and do a quick commercial uh, for everywhere you can hear the show, and then we'll call him on the next song. How's that? Does that work? So we're not going to call him right now. Now, we're going to play a song first and then call him on the second song. Okay. All right. So this is Maybe I'm Crazy. You guys got it ready? Hello? I'm all set, Danielle. How are you looking? Danielle, you're there? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I, I said, think, yeah. I think we shocked and scared no. off. No, 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 no I'm years. good. I think we shocked and scared off first guest a little? I have like no, three mute buttons that I got to hit in order to make sure there's no sound coming through. So it takes me a minute. Okay, so maybe I'm crazy. You got it ready? I don't I'm know if she set. does or not. Yes, yes, all right. yes, yes. All right, everybody. This is our next guest. We're going to be calling in just a few minutes. His name's Thomas Claxton. This is one of his new songs. It's called Maybe I'm Crazy. Enjoy.
guys we're back live all right everybody that was thomas claxton maybe i'm crazy he's our next guest before we call him uh, we want to let everybody know you can hear the jimmy star show with ron russell weekly on w4cy radio live with danielle and scotty J. we're also on k4hd radio 1069 fm radio in new york jackalope radio in missouri we're on iheart radio stitcher soundcloud itunes audio boom podomatic spreaker apple tv and podbean and on television we're on tv we're on vimeo roku youtube comcast on demand and now on mondays you can see the show on tlb tv in texas now what we're going to do is play thomas claxton's i didn't ask for this and while we're playing it we're going to actually uh get him on the line so how about after i say enjoy you started you guys ready yep yep all right everybody this is thomas claxton i didn't ask for this enjoy oh
much, way too much. The world needs a hero. Is it me who's to judge? Am I the man of steel? But keep in mind, I didn't last for this. Here is cold like freezing rain. No, you need my courage.
All right, guys, we're back. We are live. All right, everybody, so that was I Didn't Ask for This by the incredibly talented Thomas Claxton, who we have on the line. Before we introduce him, we're going to make sure we can hear him. Say something. Everybody can hear me? We're good? There we go. All right, everybody, now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly talented singer-songwriter Thomas Claxton. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hey, guys, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Let me uh, introduce you to everybody, starting off with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, how are you? What's up? You have a you have a very big voice. A very big voice. <laughs> yes, a strong. I like that powerful voice. You can sing, and with a few lessons, you'll probably be better. Can you teach me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could teach you. Listen, do re mi fa sol la do. So uh, hold on, let's keep going. Ass. No, I really like the song they just played, honest and truly, and I never lie. People know that, it, and your voice is very beautiful. You have almost an operatic voice. Did you ever study opera? Uh, not opera, but I was classically trained as a first tenor. So. Oh, okay, so you could do Broadway easily. Yeah, if I needed to, except for the sure. dancing. That's why I decided. <laughs> well, no, we have except for the dancing. No, we have all the fair. We have the fairies to do that. Yeah, yeah we do that. <laughs> we do that. We fairies do the dance. Well, let's introduce them. So we've got behind the boards. We have uh, uh, Scotty J in Philadelphia. Say hi to Scotty J. What's up, Scotty? Yo, Thomas. And then in we have Danielle in Florida at the W4CY Studios. Danielle, how are you? Good. Hello, hello, Ron. I will admit, I do like his accent. I love <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I'm a so sucker good. for the Southern twang. Sucker. Wait a minute. Do you want to hear that Southern accent whispering sweet nothings in your ear while you're both naked? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say yes or no because I don't know if he has a girlfriend, a wife, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> and that's where Ron a- says, who cares? <laughs> Yes, it's only a fantasy. You can't. You cannot hide your fantasy. It can't actually happen. Okay, in <laughs> fantasy land, then yes, I would okay, not object to that situation. There you so go. You're, you're so right. hold on. We've got. We've got. Say hi to everybody in the chat room. What's up, everybody? Who are we got, we got chatting with us right we, now? We got a bunch of people in there, but number one, you have to say hi. This is what literally one of my favorite people on planet Earth um, is B. Claudia in Germany. So please first say hi to B. Claudia. B. How are you, sweetheart? Your son, Nick, say hi to Nick. He's visiting. Nick. Yeah, man. And then, and then we have Lady Lake, who's one of my best friends in the world, uh, on in the chat room, Night Rouse, to so say hi to Cindy Lady Lake, since she's the one who got you on here. The one, <laughs> the one and only Cindy Lady Lake. That's, That's right. right. We <laughs> love Cindy Lady Lake. I want to compliment B. B, you did a brilliant job on that thing for Jimmy on Facebook. I watched it this morning for the first time. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. So Wasn't that fabulous, the way she did that? Yes. It's really good. You're quite talented with the computer. There you go. So anyway, you guys, this is Thomas Claxton. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at T-C-L-A-X underscore music. He's the four-time IMC award-winning vocalist and songwriter. And this is one thing I want to like say about you that I find actually fascinating is the fact that your bio says that you do 300 shows a year, which means you're at gigging almost every night. So you're actually a full-time musician. Like, you're a musician. Yeah, 100%. Um, I love that. As an indie musician with such a great sound, I think it's it's not going to take very long for you to be like on the top of the charts because I've listened to three of your songs, and then I listen to what's on Spotify. Um, the music is really, really good. It's really like emotional, like heartfelt, deep music that you feel every word that you're actually singing. So it's not bubblegum pop. It's not bubblegum rock. It's got an actual feeling to it. And, and I think that gigging 300, you know, 300 days a year is going to 
make lots of people aware of you, and I think that you're gonna like just totally blow up. Well, it's it's either that or my voice is gonna finally shut down. (laughs) 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 That's what happened to me. Uh, Two weeks ago, I was supposed to open at the Met in New York, (laughs) singing the lead in singing the lead in La Traviata. And my voice went from rehearsal, so they fired me. <laughs> well, they don't, hey, they don't know what they lost. <laughs> what I saying. know. You and I know, but they don't know, definitely. So, you guys, I'm going to do some bragging. No, wait, wait. I want to say oh, something to them first. Okay, go ahead. Guess whose company we were in over the weekend. Did you know? Did you hear? No. Oh, Scott Page. From Pink the Floyd. The saxophone player from Pink Floyd, who's a dear friend of ours. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Kenny. Uh, Kenny Olson from Kenny Kid Rock. Kenny Olson. Brand. The best. Kenny, Kenny's a great guy. Great guitarist. He's coming on next week on the show. We next love week. Kenny. That's and good. the and the world's fat, most fabulous drummer, I'm told, is uh, it's not uh, Stephen Perkins. Stephen Perkins. Addiction. So we were in some really fancy schmancy company. And Norwood That's Fisher awesome. from Fishbone too. So, and now we have you. So and they're we, all coming on next week. We rock in good company. I actually just saw Kenny and uh, and Stephen not too long ago. Um, we were at a mutual. Uh, we have a mutual friend named Randy Fuchs and uh, and Tanya Hamilton who um, work for a company or they own a company called Artist Relations that's based out of Nashville. And they have an event every um, every Tuesday before each NAM show. Uh, each one, uh, one of them takes place in Anaheim, one's in Nashville, and they do the Tuesday before in each one. And they have artists get together and play at this uh, thing called the Endorse Expo, and that's where I last saw Kenny and Steven. They were both there playing. So, And I got nothing but great things to say about those guys, uh, you know, upstanding individuals. And talent personified. you got to go see the Expo exhibit that Scott put together. Scott Page. We went to see it. It's unbelievable. You lay in lounges, you look at the dome ceiling where there's all kinds of wonderful shit going on while they're playing Pink Floyd's music. Pink Floyd's music. What a trip it was. And nobody was loaded. We were all sober. And we <laughs> no and we we really loved it. I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan, you know, and and uh, who isn't? Who isn't? Uh, you know, you'd be uh, every once in a while, I'll come across this one guy that's like, oh, I never got into him, and I'm like, yeah, well, you suck. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I, you know, I agree. Usually, usually, it's like if you don't like Pink Floyd, I'm not interested. <laughs> that's just you know, the way it is. If you don't like Pink Floyd, you don't like rock. Exactly. Well, see, yeah. I I toured uh, years ago with an with a member of the uh, the Australian Pink Floyd, which was the only Pink Floyd tribute band that was actually endorsed by Pink Floyd themselves. And uh, so I and we did a we did an arena tour, and we featured a lot of the stuff, a lot of their classics like Money and Hey You and things like that. And uh, it was just it was an amazing experience. And to be on a big stage like that with that music in the background was incredible for me. So I'm such a huge fan of them. They played Machine and the and the place went crazy. What's it? What's the full title I of Machine? Know, something with Machine in it. Yeah, know. you know Machine. It was one of theirs. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. Yeah, I know the song you're talking about. Something something time. Machine. I forgot what it's called. But when they played, they hadn't played it the first night. They only played it the second night, and boy, was it unbelievable. Well, well let me tell you, I, I, I'm a firm believer that there's something about Pink Floyd's music that resonates. 
outside of uh, outside of just regular understanding of music. And I had a funny um, experience years ago because I live out in the middle of nowhere, man. I love living in the country. I couldn't live in the city if it, if it if you had a gun to my head. I just couldn't do it. And um, but so right across the street from me, there's a big open field with a bunch of cows where I live. And I had a yard sale out there one day, and I had these huge speakers set up just to put some music outside while I was sitting there all day. And I put on some Pink Floyd. And these cows were on the opposite side of the field. And I put on <laughs> I put on Shine On You Crazy Diamond. And these cows, and there's a video of this on YouTube. I had to I had to film it in order to prove it to people. But these cows all of a sudden just looked up like this out of the middle of nowhere and just started walking toward us in like a big herd. And they all came up to the edge of the fence and they stared. And then the song was over, and the doors, Light My Fire, came on, and every one of those cows hauled ass. I mean, they, they, were, like, <laughs> they were like, no, we don't like this, we're out. And they left, and then the next song that came on was Breathe by Pink Floyd, another Pink Floyd tune, and every one of those cows looked up again and came back to the fence. And it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen, because if you remember, Pink Floyd had, a, had an album called Adam Hart Mother, and there was a cow on the front of that album. That's right. And it was, and it was always weird to me. I was like, you know, there must be something about this music that nature understands. <laughs> I mean, really. Well, if if you you could live in the city, like New York City, and be happy because you could go to Walmart and you could see lots of cows, big fat oh, cows. I, oh, I don't even. And I think, and York. I think if you if you played Pink Floyd, those fat cows would smile and come up to you also. Uh, I call them, <laughs> I call them the Walmartians. Right. Why is everybody in Walmart's fat? I have no idea, but believe me, living in Southeast Georgia, there's so many Walmarts around here. And see, I, I don't go in the regular hours because I'm usually on the way home and it's the only place open. It's like two in the morning after my gig. And I could write a book on the stories of things that I've seen in Walmarts at two in the morning. Everybody can. So I have. Wait, I had a friend that lived in Child Dress, Texas. He was working there, and he said, "You want to go to the movies?" So I was visiting. I said, "Yeah." He said, "Oh, because Walmart has a good movie playing tonight." And I said, <laughs> "What are you talking about? You go in Walmart, you sit on folding chairs, and they project a movie on the wall. That was their only movie theater in Child Dress, Texas." You're kidding! Oh, dumb shit town! I got out of there real quick. Okay, hold on. I want to go back. First of all, first of all, uh, <laughs> one night was it? Scott just sent me a thing saying since you're talking Pink Floyd, he'd be curious to know if you like Roger Waters or as frontman or David Gilmore. Who did you like better? Oh man, he's killing me. Um, because I love I love both of their music, man. Uh, I'd probably got to go with Gilmore. That's what I'd go with too. And and, that, and that's difficult, you know, because I love them both. You know, it's just uh, if we're strictly talking music here and not not uh not any other stuff, you know, then yeah, Gilmore probably. Okay, uh, I would have said Doris Day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then the other question is, and I can't see what's behind you because you're you're you come in clear, but your background is blurry. But I collect action figures, and they're saying in the chat room, like, look at your room is filled with action oh, figures. On. Is is that better? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, there's I, a Freddie Mercury. There's Freddie Mercury. Yeah, but Jimmy, <laughs> you got you got him beat. There's Kiss. So oh, tell okay. me, what kind of action figures do you collect? A lot of those look like wrestlers. Uh, some of them are. Some of them are Marvel comics. Some of them are rock stars. I mean, it just it depends. It's not that I have one any any one particular thing because see, and Ron, you say he's got me beat, but you can't see what's in front of me either. Oh, you have you've never seen Jimmy's room. There's not an inch. <laughs> Jimmy, not an inch. You and I would get along great. We, we already like are, my friend. Already <laughs> are. Now tell me who. Cleans all that shit. You? 
I do. I, oh yeah, man. I don't trust anybody else to touch these things. <laughs> I don't either. I don't want anybody touching. Yeah, but you my don't stuff. clean. You don't dust well, them. Well, mine Jimmy. are dusty. What are you gonna do? I do Marvel comics. I, I do. I do actually superheroes. It doesn't have to be Marvel. It can be Marvel or DC. I do superheroes and I do horror movie memorabilia. Yeah, here you go. California raisins. There you go. California <laughs> raisins. I even have. I have like the 18, lifestyle months. I got the eighteen. <laughs> I got the eighteen-inch Kiss dolls that that stand yeah. on the rocks and play music. Yep. I've got a six-foot-tall Jason from Friday the Thirteenth that that like moves and makes noise. And I got a werewolf that's like seven feet. He's got all this in, in one room. But I have every Let's like see. horror movie person on the planet. Well, see, I, I I like it. I like to collect stuff that's from nineteen ninety-four and older. If it's past anything like that, I'm not really too interested in it, you know, because, I mean, there is a part of it where it's, like, nostalgic from my childhood, you know. So that's part of the reasons why I go after certain stuff. But, and some of it's not worth a hill of beans, you know. But then I find things every once in a while, like not too long back, I was telling Cindy, do you remember the old Teddy Ruxpins? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I have one. I found one of those. If you have the original series of them, they're actually worth a, a good chunk of change these days. I mean, you could sell, if you still have the box... And the uh, the book isn't worn out, and the cassette tape still plays, and the gears still work on the on the bear itself. You can sell one of those things for five hundred bucks easily. And I, I found you, one. I found one on eBay for sixty dollars. I have. I used to have one. I think I sold it. But I have a. Um. I actually one of my favorite things because I have like one of those Marvel Stan Lee dolls that yeah. they were selling for like two hundred fifty bucks, and now they're worth like eight hundred, nine hundred bucks since he passed. Um, sell it, sell it. No, I don't want to sell it because like nobody will ever have it. A lot. One thing that's oh, well, first of all, I collect action figures of people who've been on our show who have action figures. Nice. So I have a ton of those, and then I have um, a bunch of action figures and stuff that are just sold from people in, that are signed, you know, to me from people who gave them to me in the horror movie business. Well, and if you want the if you want the Aquaman, you have to buy a new one because he didn't exist. In 19-whatever. Yeah, he did. There was a different <laughs> Aquaman. Yeah, but it was a comic book. There were no figurines. Yeah, I have one. I had them when I was a kid. What? A, 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 Aquaman? A yeah, but not like this Aquaman. He had yellow hair, and he was just yeah. different. Total, totally different. I'm a big Aquaman now, fan. Now the, the rarest figure that I think I've got is uh, is not actually that old. It's And it's funny because it's, it's an action figure of Hulk Hogan. But the thing is, the figure itself was only sold in, in like select areas of the world, and there were very few made. I mean, I'm talking like bare minimum, and they weren't distributed to the public or anything. And I got a hold of one, really sad story, actually. I, a guy on eBay was selling his son's stuff because his son had passed away in an accident or something, and, and he just didn't, sad. He, he couldn't bear to look at it anymore, you know. So he had this thing up there for like $20. And I told the guy, because, you know, I, I didn't have the conscience to just pay that guy 20 bucks for that figure, you know? So I tried to give him a little something more and, t and I told him what it was. And he was like, look, that's okay, man. I, the 20 bucks is good enough. I, I just can't bear to look at it. So he sent it to me. I paid him for it. And a little while back, um, WrestleMania was actually right there in Orlando. And this is a couple of years back. And Hulk Hogan, you know, was still kind of on the outs with the company, you know, because uh, I don't think he helped his career too much. But, oh, but, no. he, <laughs> yeah, but, he, but he opened up a, uh, a new store in Orlando and he was doing autograph signings. You know, you got to pay the money, you know, so it was like a hundred bucks or something like that. And, and the way I looked at it, if it was just to go shake his hand, I, you know, I wouldn't have paid a hundred bucks because, you know, I, hell, I'm a broke musician. But I had this action figure. And I was like, you know what? If I pay that hundred, and he signs it, not only is it a rare figure, but the day he dies, I mean, that figure is going to be worth some great money. Fortune, yes. And right now, I could sell the figure with him still alive for around twelve hundred dollars. 
you know, and when he dies, I mean, it's just going to be, you know, don't want him to. I but, love you know, it. Networks. I know, but I love it. Okay. I think it's fabulous. So let's go Let's go back to your music real quick so I can brag a little bit for you. Since you're an indie artist, first of all, I don't know how you, like, work out all these things, but uh, it says in your bio that you've opened for Mike and the Mechanics, the Marshall Tucker Band, Mike Rutherford from Genesis, Mother's Finest, Driving and Crying, who I tweet with them all the time, um, the guy from Steelheart, uh, Stephen Percy from Rat, which we've had Bobby Blotzer from Rat on the show, and Jason uh, Jason Todd, who's in Shine Down and Feel. So, how do you like work out being an indie artist? You know, like getting to open for all these like super mega famous people. Well, you know what? I, I've kind of looked at my career. Like, I, I appreciate the grassroots stuff that I don't think happens very often anymore. You know, everybody today expects things to come to them at the snap of the finger. You know, you post something on YouTube, somebody in Tokyo sees you five seconds later. And me, I've kind of gone out and networked and just met a lot of great people in my career. And I would say the first, um, the first kind of, I guess you would call it a, a break, even though it was ultimately a failed project, that I ever landed was a, was an arena tour with Chuck Negron from Three Dog Night. And I was one of his awesome. back and from there, I just kind of figured, you know what, this might not ever happen again. So let me make the most of this opportunity because I'm, I'm not a bullshitter. You know, I, I believe in, you know what, if you want something, go chase it and don't complain. You know, just go after whatever you want. Just, you know, and um, so from there, I met this person and this person and this person. And I just kept in touch with all these people. And one thing led to another, and I remember the uh, the guy I was telling you about earlier that I met uh, Kenny through, um, named Randy. I, I called Randy up one day out of the blue, because Randy had gotten me my first endorsement. And that arena tour with Chuck was, was a shell shock to me, because you have to keep in mind, I was doing nothing but playing in bars at that point. I mean, I was still taking a call. So it's a big jump. Oh, yeah. I mean, one second I'm in a shoebox, the next second I'm walking out in front of thousands of people at an, in an arena. And and while it was always my dream, you know, I don't think I sat back enough and kind of soaked it all in and just appreciated it because it was going so fast. And, and then it was over. And when it was over, I went right back to my normal routine of, you know, places that I knew I could book and things like that, you know, because this is all I do for a living. And then years later, I contacted Randy again, and he told me, he said, look, Thomas, I've got this event coming up right before NAM in Anaheim, and you need to get out of Georgia, and you need to get to California. NAM is a big deal. It's a really big deal. Yeah. It, it, well, NAM, NAM for me was, um, was, the, was really the thing that kind of restored my confidence in, in some sort of ways. Not that I've, not that I've ever lost it completely. But, you know, like I said, one second you're in the big stage, the next second you're back to what you were doing before the big stage. Which and is what we were talking about with our last guest. It's a no right. different than, like, you know, making big movies or you can make a ton of money and then you go work for $100 a day. For sure. You know, you it's know? the same and, thing. And, and let me tell you, though, I appreciate everything. I mean, I'm talking the smallest crowds to the biggest crowds because they each offer something different, you know. I mean, like, like a small crowd actually might pay attention to you more. You know, I mean, right. you'll, yes. you'll have five yes. or six people in a room that really dig what you're doing. And to me, I appreciate that on a whole different kind of level than I do walking into a room with a bunch of other guys with thousands of people and not one of them knows who I am. They're just enjoying what I'm, you know, up on stage doing. 
and uh, you know, so it's just different. It's very different. But you know, networking and making all this stuff happen, and just you know, meeting a lot of great people. I've met some assholes in my career too, but you know, so have we. <laughs> yeah. We meet a lot of them. Well, I want to tell people because you've got an acoustic uh, tour going on, acoustic propaganda tour in the eastern United States. You've got a couple of dates set up here. Um, you're going to be in New York City at the bitter end on June 25th. Anybody on the East Coast you want to like go and see Thomas if you're in any of these places? He plays really good places. He's playing in Philadelphia at the Hard Rock Cafe on June 27th, which we've been there. Uh, we used to live in Philadelphia. Um, and then on June, July 5th, he's going to be in Washington, D.C. at the Hard Rock Cafe. And July 12th and 13th in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee at the Hard Rock Cafe. Which, that can't be a, an easy book to book the Hard Rock Cafe. Actually, that's pretty That's pretty impressive all in its own. That's that you're playing at the Hard Rock Cafe and you're not playing Leo, it. Leah, we went to see Leah. Yeah. Well, what was Leah's group? Sharon Leah. Sharon Leah. What was the name of her group? The Sharon Leah Band. Oh, that's it. The Sharon Leah Band. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but it's pretty good though to get booked into uh, like all those hard rocks. That didn't no. just happen. You had to like meet somebody to do that. <laughs> well, well, the hard, hard rock cafe. I, I got to be honest, man. You know, it's it's so funny because everybody thinks that there's like one hard rock Oz somewhere that just books for all the hard rocks, and that's not the case at all. I mean, there's no wizard behind the curtain that just makes it all happen. So in order to in order to make these hard rock gigs work, you have to literally get to know the people that work in their in their marketing teams and things like that. And I've actually networked really well with Hard Rock. And my logic behind that was, you know, not that I have anything against the dive places or anything like that. I, you know, I got respect. Oh, absolutely. For all the They're all places. Hard Rock is an established brand. Everybody knows what Hard Rock is. It's, it's similar to House of Blues, you know. It's one of those places where, you know, you'll see somebody randomly just wearing the Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt in a Hard Rock in, in India they visited or something like that. So I was like, okay, well, that's that's a good thing to be a part of, you know. So I, I started talking to them, and I went. My first one I played was the one in Atlanta. And uh, and then I went from there into Tennessee. And, and the next thing you know, I've you've made a, relationships with all of them. With, with a lot of them. I've played for probably about 60, 65% of the ones in the U.S., and uh, including up in Anchorage, Alaska. I mean, you oh know. Oh, my God. Like, I would not want to go to Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, let me it's tell you. cold. Uh, no, 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 not not in the summertime. Summer solstice, man, it's beautiful. There's nothing like, it's nothing like uh, the sunlight in, in 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 full effect at one o'clock in the morning. That's that's wild. <laughs> it doesn't get dark. I know that. I wouldn't like that. I was booked. Uh, they were going to do a movie, and I was booked for the um, Hard Rock Cafe, but when I got the paperwork, they made a mistake with the R. Uh oh. And it was a C. <laughs> So it was a porno movie called The Hard Cock. <laughs> were you a and I had I had to renege. I yeah. said no. I thought you were the rod, the, the hard rock. <laughs> Which, by the way, we <laughs> I blew we, that joke. I know you blew that, but it was good. It was a good thought, though. And we yeah, gotta like I gotta write that one down. We gotta we gotta give a, a shout out. We gotta give a shout out because uh, one of our favorite country singers, Hub Reynolds, is in the uh, chat room. So we want to give a shout out to Hub Reynolds Jr. Hub in the Reynolds. chat room. Hub, yeah. Hub. You're looking so good. He's losing weight. He's getting sexier and handsomer, if that's possible. He's every gay guy's cowboy dream man. Hub, they say that about you. The guys like you. Be careful. There you go. So, you guys, right now we're on the line with Thomas Claxton. We've only got a couple of minutes. I want to let everybody follow him in social media. His Twitter is at tclax underscore music, C-L-A-X underscore music. His website is thomasclaxton.com. Are you on, like, uh, Instagram? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Thomas Claxton underscore music. Okay, Thomas Claxton underscore music. Um, you got all his shows for the Acoustic Propaganda Tour in the eastern U.S. Um, we want everybody to follow. Also, besides following him, we want you to follow Lady Lake Music. That's Cindy. Uh, but her, I, I, it's so weird. You know that I don't know anybody by their, like, I know Cindy by her name, but most people, I only know them by their Twitter handles. So, like, if their Twitter handle doesn't have anything to do with their name, I only know their Twitter handle. <laughs> So she is at Lady Lake Music, you guys, and uh, you want to follow her on Twitter. She's super, super fabulous. And um, uh, another quick, quick uh, bragging for Mr. Claxton. He performed with Chuck Negron, which he said earlier, with three, from Three Dog Night. He also has performed with Grammy Award winner Jonathan Mover, who's the drummer for Alice Cooper, Joe Satriani, and Aretha Franklin. He's, um, he's toured with uh, the bassist for Huey Lewis in the News, who's also a Grammy Award winner, Mario Cipollina. And... He's he's uh, performed with Michael Hampton, who got inducted into the Hall Rock and Roll Hall of Fame from Parliament Funkadelic. Which yeah, I love all, that. all these guys are great. You know, a big shout out to Mario and Michael in particular, because uh, they worked with me on my latest album, Age of Propaganda. So uh, those guys both contributed to that uh, big time. I think Mario played like sixty percent of the bass guitar tracks on that album. So where does everybody get your album? Uh, it's available right now on Google Play, CD Baby, iTunes. Um, all, all the major distributors have it, or you can go and order the physical uh, CD, physical product, at, uh, on my website at uh, thomasclaxton.com. Off my website. There you go. I love it. <laughs> we, we've been inundated with musicians, and next week we've got an all musician show. And then, oh, and the week after that, we have Dion Warwick. So, like, we're like definitely doing like a musician thing at the moment. <laughs> musicians need the love too. That's right. <laughs> I'm still recuperating from our weekend. We haven't stopped partying all weekend uh, with great, with Pink Floyd people. So we Look had a though, great time. Do you time. see that? That's a Freddie Mercury, 18-inch Freddie Mercury action figure. Oh, it, it, it actually, it actually sings. I, I think that is. So I totally have to get one of those. Like, have, have I, I want that. Uh, I, I've seen. I remember seeing it back in the day, uh, in because I have the pinhead that's that size from Hellraiser. Look at that! It looks just looks like just Freddie like, Mercury. I was gonna say it looks uh, just I like. I totally him. want that, and wow. I want the Rob Zombie one. Yeah, I've got one of I got one of Freddie, and I've got one of John Lennon. Oh, uh, that's just fabulous. So I mean, I'll give you that for Christmas. I think that's a way cool. It's a hard. It's, they're hard to find now. Like he probably got. Really he got yeah, you can't find those things nowadays. Money is no object as long as you pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody, this is Thomas Claxton again. Check out thomasclaxton.com. Follow him at tclax underscore music. We want to thank you for coming on the Yay. show. We want to thank Cindy for, like, setting everything up with you. Yay. We also want to thank our other guest, William McNamara, for coming on yes. the show today. We had a great time. And we wish you all the, the most success. I'll be tweeting with you on Twitter, but we wish you all the most success in the world on, on your career. I think the music is really phenomenal. And we'll be going to Georgia in a couple of months, maybe five or six months, to film something I'm in. And we could look you up then and have some party. Please do, guys. Hey, and I want to thank you both for the opportunity, man. This has been excellent, and you're both phenomenal. Big fans of both of you. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you so much. Have a good have one. A, have you a too. Good day. Bye bye. All right, bye everybody. Now. Next week we got the super group coming on. All the different people from Pink Floyd's uh, experience. It's going to be a lot of fun. We want to thank Scotty J and Danielle for hanging out with us today. We had a great time. We hope everybody enjoyed it. And uh, Billy Hess, we miss you already. We'll see you soon. Eileen, we love you. And everybody, we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye bye, folks. Jimmy. Yeah, this is MC Alfred.